BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, Redheads. Another episode of the Redheads Book Club November edition. Woo, woo! We got all the girls here, plus Noli Polioli, she's Magnolia. She's a redhead. She was here last week. Yeah, she's... Last month. She'll, she's always going to be here, She's you know? a staple. And because you listened as an audiobook, I think she, too, read the book. She didn't. Mm, oh. It was always, like, my AirPods, you know? Oh, wow. You kept the beauty of Have You Seen Luis Velez from her? How dare I? How dare you? She How really sh- could have benefited from some of the lessons in the novel. That's she really true. could have. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, here we go. Starting early. <laughs> no, we're on good terms right now. Yeah. We have to We got to do an actual fight. You guys, this, this, month, this month has been a, a topsy-turvy one for the Redheads yeah. Book Club. We've had a few false starts on recording this episode, but we're finally here recording it, and I think we're all just, like, really excited to put this book behind us. Yeah, I'm so Wait, excited for that. One, one of those false starts involved an actual crane and multiple uh, pieces of debris. Yeah. <laughs> pieces of building falling from the sky in which we could not get to a studio to record. Mm -hmm. I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, like, honestly, really unsafe. Yeah. So, but, I mean, the episode is going up as scheduled. That's a... All that matters. Which is good. We started planning to record this episode two weeks before it needed to go up, so... We've had 14 days to figure it out. No, truly, that's what we get for being so proactive, is, Mm -hmm. like, when we hit speed bumps, we can correct. Did we technically read this shitty book in two weeks? (laughs) Okay, snitch. (laughs) Wow, snitch. I mean, we didn't even get to that part yet. What did you think of the book? Um, Which we will get to. It was a very interesting choice. We read Have You Seen Luis Velez by Catherine Ryan Hyde, and not to Queen Vickers, but it was Becky's choice. So if you have an issue with it, qualm, take it up with her. Here's the thing about this book. Here's the thing. And I'll get into a summary soon. But, like, there's nothing bad about this book. Everything about this good book is inherently good. Like, it makes you want to be a better person. It makes you want to help people. It makes you, like, want to be good in all senses of the word. It also makes you want to be a third grader. <laughs> Learning, like, reading a book for school. Yeah, no, no, no. This really reminded me of, like, English class. Like, yeah. then I had to write, like, a whole synopsis of, like, what did you learn from the book? Yes, you know? yes. What does this make you think about his character? What lessons do you think one learns from a book like this? Honestly, I don't think that's such a bad thing. No, I it's don't, not. and I don't think so either. So ultimately, like, it, it was a nice book with a really wonderful message, and so how could that be bad? It but was, it was. <laughs> well, give the readers the summary so okay. they know what we're so talking about. So if you did not read the book or you read it a while ago, the book is about a very unlikely friendship between Raymond, who is... Um, a young man who lives in an apartment complex and Mrs. G, who is an old woman, like 90s old, who also lives in the apartment complex. She is blind. And the two of them become friends because Mrs. G needs help. And the person who used to help her, Luis Velez, she cannot locate. It's been almost two weeks and Luis hasn't come around like he normally does. So she um, is able to get Raymond's attention to help her find Luis Velez. And uh, Raymond not only helps her do that, but he also helps her in her day-to-day life and do the same things that Luis was doing for her. And there's a lot of different like parts to the novel. The first, trying to locate Luis Velez. Have you seen him? What happened to him? The second part, once we find out what happened to him, there is a trial of um, what happened, which we'll get into. But Luis was murdered and the woman who shot him is on trial. And so that is a large part of the book. And then I would say the third part is, you know, 
based on what happened in the trial, a lot of our favorite characters really lose faith in humanity because not only was he so unfairly killed, but he did not get justice in a case that seemed to be so clear. Cut and dry. Cut and dry that what this woman did was so, so wrong. So... I would say those were the three main tenets. I actually think it was split up into three parts. But I would say first, looking for Luis Velez. Second, the trial. And third, grappling with oh yeah, how do you make sense of a world that doesn't make sense. I thought the book was going to be all about finding Luis Velez. Me too. I was Me so too. happy when it wasn't. Same. I had this moment of relief when I was like, oh, oh shit, is this about to be just a witch hunt to find mm-hmm. when And it's like happening. all the different Luis Velez's in the world, like that's the story. I know, yeah. it's going to be so, so, so exhausted right. from all that knocking on thy door. Um, they wrapped it up quickly. They did. Along the way, he met a number of Luis Velez's who really became like a in- really great part of the story. story. And in the end, they're integral to the final piece of making sense of humanity in all of its flawed ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... It was it was good. Let's start with Becky since you chose the book. What are your overall thoughts? Did you like it? What did didn't you like? I mean, I thought I liked it until I spoke to all of you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we have that effect. We on do. People. We really do. No, I loved it. I really did. Uh, love? Yeah, I loved it. Okay. And I'm gonna stick to my guns. I really did. I felt like the book had it all in like a very like Stefan from SNL way. Like this book had it all. <laughs> Snitch. <laughs> Snitch, you're too young <laughs> for oh your time. God, I um, but I love that it was a coming of age story. It centered itself around connection and the satisfaction of belonging. I felt like <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Are you realizing how stupid it was? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking snitch goes for the kill. Not even a little. Oh, okay. I was so appreciative. It, it harnessed the power of community how impactful a network of support can be. And I just thought it was all around, like, very beautiful. Um, And I also thought that it was extremely authentic and socially urgent and just had very worthwhile takeaway messages. And I feel like this week in particular, it felt pertinent to the situation. I feel that. I would agree with all of that. that. Thank you. Thank you. I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Like, this book was in danger from my personality of being overly pedantic and a little corny, and I was expecting to feel that way, and I really didn't. Like, maybe I just read it when I was at a place in my life where I could use some life lessons, which it was chock full of. Yeah. So that, to me, like, I can understand if someone's reading it and isn't looking for that, but it's sometimes just, like, so easy to be negative that this book reminded you that if you're positive, good things come. And I thought karma was just, like, a real motif in the whole book, which I liked. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll go next before the snitch skewers the book. While I was reading it, I enjoyed it. And then after, like, a day or two, I kind of, in reflection, was like, that was kind of... Stupid. No, not... There's nothing (laughs) stupid about it, but just, like, a little... Childish. Childish, yeah. And uh, there was, it was so full of like, you know, hearty messages and like things that you could put on, you know, a, a classroom poster, like do unto others as you would do unto, as you, they would do unto you. Mm-hmm. But the something that, the, something that really stuck with me though, it was like this element of like just putting yourself in Raymond's shoes. If like a woman in your building was like calling for help, like what would you, who would you be in that situation? I would run. Right. And like <laughs> watching, reading this book, like makes you want to be more like Raymond. Yes. And I think the world needs more of that. So even though like there were all these like sweeping messages that I thought to me were like a little heavy handed because they had to spoon feed it to the third graders <laughs> in general, it did make me think. And even all the Luis Luez, yeah. that we met along the way, it made them think like, oh no, I'm not that charitable, but I want to be. Yeah. And I mean to be, but how can I be? Yes. I like that. Yeah. Well said, Jax. Wow. Do you like thanks, it No, I don't. <laughs> listen, listen, I understand the book. It, great messages, life lessons. I just like wasn't, I just didn't want to read that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was in the mood to be like, just taught how to be a better person. Like, it's definitely something I should work on, but like, it's just not something I want to read and spend my time, you know, um, engulfing and you know I just really didn't like it okay well so per usual we have a wide array of opinions here at the redheads and somewhere your opinion you redhead listener falls into the spectrum of opinions that we do have and and that's what we love to see from a TRBC discussion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep it sure is 
Okay, so without further ado, let's get into the DBQs because this book had a book guide. And, 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 <laughs> no way. And, of no, at first, a teacher. I, at first I was like, this book is so random, like it's not going to have a book guide. But then I was like, oh, of course, like the teachers, the counselors wrote it for the campus. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So there's a book guide. Right. It's a literal like DBQ because that's what they, the term they use in like elementary school. Well, yeah. Yes. In the beginning, Raymond uses his small resources and time to help feed and then rescue a cat. In doing so, what is revealed about his character? I, they, they, Wait, this, what? What? Sorry. I didn't remember <laughs> in the beginning where he saved I the know, cat. I know. I remember the cat. What does it reveal about him? him? That yeah. he's a nice guy. Yeah. I think in general. Is that it? In books and movies and in life, like the way people treat animals, it's usually used conversely. Like if you yeah. were, like act poorly towards animals, like you will grow up to be a killer. Uh-huh. Um, but in this instance, like they're telling us he's so good to animals, he's even better to humans. Yeah. Understood. I was really actually in the big, very beginning quite annoyed with Raymond because I was like, dude, you're going to be late for school. Like, <laughs> chill with having to stop and say hi to the neighbor and feed the cat and, like, make yourself a sandwich. Like, hurry up because I'm very anal about time. I quickly got over that when I realized how precious of a human being he was. Like, Seriously. I actually is. felt myself becoming a little protective over him throughout the book. Like, it made me sad when, like, he confronted any sort of tension in his life at all. Like, mm-hmm. he was just such a pure soul and I wanted the best for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a little gentle man. Yeah. I think it revealed that he was empathetic and courteous and just had all of the characteristics of a good human being, which was just emblematic of how he behaved in throughout the entire plot. Side yeah. note, like, so interesting that he was asexual. I just didn't see it oh, coming yeah, or that, think okay, it really fit. That was sort of, like, one of my problems, I would say, with the book, was, like, we had to hit on every single, yes. like, potentially controversial topic that mm-hmm. one might endure during their upbringing, and I was just like, whoa. You're this right. is, we have to hit them all. I, I honestly, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, Were so you here? Read the book? Wait, I, I seriously must have missed it. Did you read oh a different God. Louise for less? No, 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 no. I listened to it, so, like, maybe I should, like, well, I guess that they were well, saying they, it's they, so and explicit. they never really said the word asexual Once, but one time they he, did yeah one time because he was like if i don't like guys and i don't but i don't like girls i remember that and him trying to understand oh i thought it was just like he'd figure well, it and out then she was like, like you eventually. should google this it'll make you feel better and she's like did you do that research i told you and he's like yes i felt better a lot of people are like me and then oh the girl God, tried okay. to kiss him and he was like no and she's like is it because you're gay and he's like no and she's like is it because you don't like me and he's like no She's like, is it because you're different? And he's like, yes. I remember all that. I guess I just was living in La La Land and didn't Or you're just together. so non-judgmental that you don't see I really didn't even so think twice about it. Yeah. No, it was an interesting plot line to put in there. And it does make you feel like they're just like throwing it all in to cover all their bases. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't even think that comes up in one of the questions. No. While Raymond is searching for Luis, many of the people he encounters say things along the lines of, quote, I wish I had more time to help others. Did the book motivate you to question the time you spend helping others in your own life? What other things do you wish you had time for? I'll go first because I literally just touched on this. Yes, it motivated me to think, well, one, it motivates me to like want to get out and do more and help more, but also like to think about how I would be in the situations that these people are. And I feel like eventually all of the Luis Velez's, like none of them did exactly what Luis Velez OG did, but they all helped in their own way. And I think that that's a really important message. Like not everyone is going to have the time, the capacity to go and help a blind woman multiple times a week. Like that takes an extremely generous person. Mm -hmm. But you know, there are things with everyone's different talents or specialties or jobs that you can do to make a difference. And so I think like finding unique ways to lend your talents to helping others is something that I will take away from this book. That's a very good point that it, touched on the different Luis Velezes that we met throughout the journey and they each contributed in their own way which was not identical to like the Luis Velez in the way that he helped Mrs. G but it was still beneficial for a lot of reasons yeah I definitely reflected on the fact that I am potentially a certifiable piece of shit because (laughs) yeah I don't say do enough and I hope that this pushes me to evolve into a more well-rounded human being yeah what yeah and I do think about potentially like how there might be a lot of people in my life who are lonely and even outreach to them more regularly or just making sure that they are being considered and thought of more regularly I feel like that is one step that I can take and also I just think about when I do give back how I feel I really like that version of myself so it absolutely pushes me to like 
re-research some of the areas where I've contributed in the past or lent my time. Um, And for that reason, I'm grateful for this book. Yeah, I would agree. I found it so interesting, actually, how all of the Louise Velez, or some of them, all asked him if the original Louise Velez had children because that was their excuse or like how they made themselves feel better for not giving back so much more because they're like, I don't have time, I have kids. And then you learn that the OG Louise did have kids. Yeah. So it was just, I like how they tied it all together, how it wasn't a cop out. Like, no, he just has too much time on his hands so he's doing this. It's like, no, he managed to do this while also providing for his own family. Yeah, that's a really good point. Snitch. Will you be helping anyone anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to counsel you. Oh, you'll get back to your counseling? I'll get back to counseling. Oh my God, if that's what this book motivated you to do, I will give it a five. I'll give it a literal five. <laughs> literal. <laughs> Despite the ugliness and unfairness of what is going on in the story, many people still step up and show kindness. Do you believe that difficult situations bring out the best or worst in humanity? I think both. Like, it either brings out the best in you or the worst in you. Like, trying times, really, you get to know You somebody. see someone's true colors. Yes. Exactly. I would agree with that. And I, I think, just like in this book, you know, equal parts beautiful and sad, but I think if you had to choose, if it's like 51%, 49%, like, I think it's a little bit more beautiful than sad because if it's the opposite it's what's the point yeah yeah like it's the pandemic are you going to be a jill zarin and make face masks or are you going to be a miley cyrus and insta story every day like how well Wait, <laughs> are those what? are those are two those are like the two polarizing pandemic. faces oh, no, of the actually, pandemic okay i i think i i i'm gonna try and help okay. you out here because remember when miley did that instagram show yes. bright side which oh, is like yeah. one no nobody asked for it Two, like, we're still in the pandemic. What happened to your show? Do we not right. need the bright side anymore? Three, Jill's Iron is, like, making masks and still making them. Right. Yeah. Is it's that just, what you're saying? Yes. I'm saying, like, it, as you were saying, the worst situation is when we are able to show our two I colors. Just, <laughs> I just don't know if, like, Miley Cyrus is an example of the worst, <laughs> the worst. of, the worst of humanity. Like, Vanessa Hudgens? By my or, like, are you going to be Jill's Iron and make face masks, or are you going to be Vanessa Hudgens? Like... The or Gal Gadot okay. having people say imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, the Imagine <laughs> Celebrities. Yeah. The imagine the, that is the worst of humanity. <laughs> yes. That was so OG pandemic. Yeah, that was really tough times. Those are early days. I'm glad that Jill Zarin has emerged as a hero of this episode. <laughs> it's so true. No, but this was one of the things I liked most about the book. We thought we were going on a hunt to find Luis Velez, and that would be the purpose of the novel. But really, Raymond's journey was so multifaceted, and I felt like it let him step out of his comfort zone and reveal himself to the people who would appreciate him in a way that his family never had, and meet people who showed him how good humanity could be. Mm -hmm. So I was really appreciative that that side was revealed. And like each door that he knocked on exposed an angle of humanity that shocked Raymond into disbelief in a lot of good ways. So for that reason... I think that it that it can expose like a very kind side of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mrs. G tells Raymond that the world is a tough place, yet we're called upon to be grateful that we're in it. Do you agree with her? How does this present a challenge in today's world? It's so true. Yeah. Like, we have to be grateful to be alive, but being alive fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah. Yes. However, I think that she put a lot of pressure on herself to, at first live life to the fullest and then when she was like oh shit i don't know if this is going as well as i planned and then it was like live life to the longest yeah right and i was like okay like i think that we have to be like a touch more realistic about like what we want our life to be yeah, yeah. and what constitutes like a life well lived yeah i do feel like there's especially in today's day and age like this constant undercurrent that if you're having a bad time people are quick to be like but it could be worse or you're not starving or so-and-so had it worse. And it doesn't like that shouldn't minimize how um, you're feeling, even if like something can always be worse. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that it's a kind of pessimistic way of looking at it. Like the world is a tough place, but Mm -hmm. we should be grateful that we're here. Like I think the world is also a great place, you know? Uh, So I did feel like, I don't know, this comp, this like, message at the end of like equal parts beautiful and sad like the cello and that like life Mm -hmm. I don't know that like it's even close to equal you know I think I don't know but then also when you're someone like Mrs. G who's like seen the things that she's seen yeah how can you think it's so beautiful yeah so I guess that's like what we're all trying to make sense of totally Mrs. G struggled 
And I think it was admirable that even after everything she had been through, ultimately she landed upon who am I to judge God's plan. Yes, and I did like that mm-hmm. that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. She had her mourning, but she came around. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's possible that after Mrs. G has suffered so much loss in her life, Louise can still say she does not have one prejudice bone in her body? I imagine she might have one <laughs> prejudice <laughs> bone against to the German. one person in particular. <laughs> yeah, I think she answered that herself by telling us how she's been on both sides of the coin. She's been persecuted and she's been privileged. So when you are in that unique duality, you're able to not judge people because you've experienced both sides. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, it molded her perspective in a way where no matter what position she was in, she had seen it before, so she wasn't going to judge you. Yeah. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think that hits the nail on the head. In one of Mrs. G's conversations, she says that, quote, life gives us nothing outright. It only lends. Nothing is ours to keep. What is she referring to? Do you agree or disagree? If that is true, how does that shape the way you look at your life? This is one of the things that I I don't totally, um, doesn't totally resonate, like that nothing is ours to keep. I think what she's referring to is like even this life, you know, we're on borrowed time and we're just trying to make the most of it. But I feel like there are things that even you take with you when you go and when you go that other people keep from you. I like yeah, that. And I think it's, it's more so like, you know, love and connections and all of that emotion. But that doesn't just go away even when life ends. I read that the first time around and found myself getting like very literal about it. I was like, what if I buy this chocolate bar and I eat it and now it's mine? And you know, <laughs> oh I have to. Like I was getting like lawyery about it. Yeah. And I really like... That tracks. <laughs> yeah. But I really like your more metaphysical approach of like, no, just because someone leaves this earth doesn't mean they don't leave a legacy. Like, yeah. I think she was referring to just like, you never know when someone is going to leave you, which obviously ref- is on par with her own life. But I didn't agree with the sentiment fully. Yeah, because they might leave you, but the impact that they've made on you lasts. Yeah. So I don't agree completely with Mrs. G, even though like I'm down with Mrs. G and I think she's an amazing woman. Yeah. Um, and most like 99% of like all of her wise words are wise as hell. <laughs> I interpret it as the things that bring us joy in life are so fleeting. And an example would be Luis Velez because one day, like he was lent to her and then taken away so abruptly. And her world was very much rocked by his absence. Mm -hmm. So she really felt it. And then on the flip side, I think the mantra also counts towards in things that our life, things in our life that bring us sadness, which I feel like could help like Mrs. G in this circumstance because they won't necessarily be plaguing someone forever. Like the moments where even those, even though she feels this tremendous loss, like each day she sort of made progress becoming herself again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an, that is an interesting way to look at it. I like that. Today, I want to tell you guys about Honey. These days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we really do. That's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout. Honey is basically your online shopping best friend. Here's how it works. You get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks by going to joinhoney.com book. Then when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart. I use Honey every single time I shop online and I do a good amount of online shopping. Therefore, I use Honey a lot. I recently saved around $20 when I just went to buy a pair of shoes at one of my favorite online retailers and it was so amazing. So it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash book. That's joinhoney.com slash book. Okay, next question. From the time Luis is killed through the trial and the verdict, did you ever feel empathy for the woman who shot him? If so, why? Either way, did you feel the verdict was fair? No and no. <laughs> I mean, is that... <laughs> no, I never thought, like, I never felt empathy for her, and I never really thought to, except for when Mrs. G, like, said, I think she was, like, going to sleep one night, and she was like, I can't even imagine how that woman feels. And at that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, imagine, like, taking a life, like, accidentally and living with that but then when we met her at the trial and even if her lawyer told her to say something one way for her verdict like Mm -hmm. she had no 
remorse, yeah. she still carried a gun with her. To me, that was the biggest yeah. thing. Your lawyer can tell you to say one thing on the stand, but if you continue to do exactly what you just did, like, you do not have remorse. Still didn't put her ear things on higher volume. Right. Didn't do anything differently, yep. which would make you think that she didn't think that she needed to. Yeah. Agreed. And so once we saw her and met her, any chance of me having empathy towards her gone. I was going to say the same exact thing verbatim. My only shot at feeling empathy was when Mrs. G told me to. Yes. I was like, oh, I'll consider this. <laughs> yep. And then the second I met her, I was like, never mind. I felt sad for her children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. where my empathy line was drawn. Yeah. yeah. Even they were like, she will never admit wrongdoing in her life. But Which is problematic. Yeah. You've got to be able to see both sides mm-hmm. of the situation. When the verdict came down, I was really shocked. Yeah. I didn't, like, I mean, just Reading the trial, yes, but that's so indicative of like our justice system. The second that they said it took them five minutes to decide, I knew yeah, what it was going to be. But in the trial, I was like, okay, obviously that this they're going to win. Wow. And then, what did you think about what the prosecutor said about tribalism playing into the verdict? It, I mean, felt totally. it resonated. Totally agree. Yeah, on point. Yeah, yes. because the jury's like, oh my god, I can see myself walking down the street and being irrationally scared and impulsively making that move. Like, they weren't sympathizing with the man behind them, they were sympathizing with, like, the woman in front. So, he was like, I like how he took ownership of, not ownership, but he was like, I shouldn't have painted that picture because I was actually playing into their bias. But, yeah. like, I wanted to show the truth of what happened. Yeah, there was a quote that I highlighted. It said, they could imagine being afraid of Mr. Velez mm-hmm. better than they could imagine being him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So real. So crazy. So topical. Yeah. Yeah, that was really rough. And then to see, like, the ways in which Raymond and mostly Mrs. G, like, and um, Luis's family, like, sh- find ways to have faith in humanity again mm-hmm. and, you know... It was, like, beautiful to watch them sort of, like, between the cello and the block party, like, these ways that show you that the world is a good place. But, like, I just feel like something like that just completely takes away your faith in your your neighbors and then also, like, the justice system. The saddest part, I think, in the whole book for me was after the trial when they went to see the baby of Louise's wife and Mrs. G, like, couldn't walk another second and... Raymond was panicking about, like, wait, I really got us into a bad situation here. Like, I don't have money. I just, I don't know. My heart broke in that moment. I was just like, ah, this is so stressful. And, like, I want to get you out of this immediately. Yeah. Yeah, That was upsetting. Yeah. A recurring theme the author examines throughout the book is what constitutes a life of value. In what ways did this book illuminate or redefine this concept for you? I feel like we're supposed to look at Mrs. G's life and be, like, a life of value. But for me, it's Luis Velez OG. Like, he... For me, it was Raymond. Oh, wow. I feel like Raymond is now on his way to a big life of value. value, But I feel like Louise, knowing how his life ended and what he did in the years leading up to it, his life meant so much. He did as much as he could with what he was given and the time that he had. And I feel like he is like, you know... We never met him alive, but, like, he's just sort of felt like, like an angel mm-hmm. floating through the book. And even in the ways he connected Raymond and Mrs. G, two people who really needed each other, in the ways he connected them to his family eventually, and in the ways that they all became connected with the other Luis Velezes, he was just, like, an angel in life and in death. Yeah. For me, it also reinforced this idea of karma, like... Because Raymond did one nice thing for someone, then he was able to get the lawyer's card and then he was able to pay it back around. And he even noted it in the book himself. He was like, I don't know how to articulate this, but as soon as I started helping people, like good things have been happening to me. And I just like that concept, like what goes around comes Comes around. around. Even if like you get down, like when he hit his head and got pushed by the scary Louise, like immediately thereafter, he had a nice meal with the nice Louise family. Like whatever you do and put into this world, you'll get good coming out of it in some form. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about the karmic angle, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely there. For sure. Yes, I think that it just, leading a life of positivity and having a positive impact on humanity was sort of a Mm -hmm. a take home. Yeah, like the police that drove him home when they were in the bad spot. Like that probably happened because he got good karma. Like everything was connected. No, I, I so see that. The book examines the concept of privilege and how it can affect the outcome of a person's life. How does privilege play a role in the final verdict of the trial? I mean, I feel like... It's the whole thing. It's like we just said, they could recognize more themselves as the victim than the perpetrator. Yeah. And that goes back to this idea of the tribalism and what the prosecutor was talking about and how in the end he sort of regretted even mentioning... Like, they're so privileged that they couldn't even 
be told about their privilege. Yes. Because then they would make, like, that, it yeah. led them to make that not guilty verdict, he, you know? Yeah, he fed right into the bias that he was trying to eradicate, but he really just reinforced. Yeah. And he's so privileged that, like, he's a lawyer and went to law school and can <laughs> recognize that dangling this carrot would have led to this outcome, but he just couldn't even yeah. help himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like even on the most basic level, like looking at someone like Mrs. G and, you know, her her life without anyone helping her and like the privileges that so many of us have to have our health and our sight mm-hmm. and to have so, like uh, someone in your life that is looking after you. Like those things are privileges that we don't even see and yeah, we just take it like that's just part of life you know I love the part or not love but thought it was interesting when they were talking about how he, how Raymond's observation was the entire point of picking a jury is to be unbiased and non-judgmental and yet it seems like what both sides are doing is exactly picking someone who would be biased towards their cause right and like using bias to choose someone yes. who will be biased for them and yes. I thought that was just like a nice ribbon on what our justice system can sometimes be. Yeah. Unfair. Yes. Agreed. Before he met Mrs. G, Raymond felt like he didn't fit in and was alone and directionless. In what ways does his relationship with Mrs. G not only change his current life, but shape his future as well? Well, she's not dying till she's 100, so his future is set with her. And it just allows him to feel represented Purpose. in some community. Like, it, it opened a network of support for him, and it was so interesting. He felt so detached from his family mm-hmm. and the people who were his blood that it uh, he made uh, he had this partnership with this woman who had no reason to take him in the way she mm-hmm. did, and vice versa. So, and I like how she encouraged him to get close with his family. Like his his grievances were valid. Like he really didn't fit in, and they didn't treat him that nicely. But she didn't just indulge that. She was like, "No, this is your one family, and you have to make it work." Yeah, I agree. I mean, she so shaped like his future, the way he looks at the world. He opened up his world. Mm -hmm. You know, just from being like in high school and having one friend, like. You know, and one day he has one friend and he's just like a kid feeding a cat. And then the next day, like, he's on a mission. And even though, like, the finding Luis Velez and eventually what we learn, like, is extremely disappointing. Like, it exposed him to so many different people and ideas that he wouldn't have. So, like, I think his future is looking very bright. He learned so much about himself along the way. Mm -hmm. And it was formative. It was a coming-of-age story, I guess, that it was. Yes. We love a coming-of-age story here. Some people do. I don't love a coming-of-age story. I hate a coming-of-age story. Either be of age. (laughs) Or don't be of age. But don't come of age. you like people who aren't of age. Yeah. (laughs) You, Snatchler, like stories (laughs) of people who are not of age yet. Yeah. Are yet of age. Age. Yes, they still have a more compelling story. Like, you selected Brightside. That was the epitome of a coming of age. <laughs> Hello, that is true, but it quite it sparked quite the conversation within the redheads, don't you think? Have Speaking you of third Catcher grade stories. No, I haven't. It's very coming of age. Catcher so. in the Rye? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I feel like Lady Bird, to me, is now the definition of coming of <laughs> yeah, age. Yeah, And I hated it. Sure. And so I, I hated it. And then so I hate Catcher in the And Rye. so I hate coming of age stories, I apparently. think we saw Lady Bird together, did Yeah, we did. It was so good. We see every coming of age story <laughs> in, in theaters. Thanks for the invite. Your name. <laughs> you probably were invited, and you were like, you made up a lie about why you couldn't go. Wow. <laughs> if we said Jack's come to Lady Bird, you'd say, no, Hell thank you. Snitch is coming for every single one of us tonight. She started with Becky and we thought, Dana and I sat by and said, at least it's not us. Now she's coming for me and Dana, are you just going to sit there silently? No. Or are you gonna I'm sh- taking a watch stand against the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, be careful. <laughs> okay, our final DBQ. When Mrs. G is the most despondent, by the way, I love that her name is Mrs. G. Yeah. It's like, what is her real name? Mrs. Millie. Gobbleman. Like, yeah, it's, it's like Gold Schneider or something. It's like the most Jewish name. Yeah, and now it's German. Yeah, no, but it's like a German Jew. Yeah. And now she's Mrs. G. Welcome to Mr. G. Oh, totally. She's the most despondent. When she is, Raymond takes her to hear a cellist play. Mrs. G comments on how the cellist says the instrument has the same sad to beautiful ratio.
ratio as life. What do you think he meant by that? Well, you tell us because you used I to keep... play the cello. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, I mean, I also keep bringing it up, but I think the cello, like, brings out the, the way that the two of them just sat there and started crying. <laughs> like, some music just brings out emotions in you, and I think yeah. the cello, like, I guess scientifically is one of those instruments that just, like, evokes emotion and according to this cellist it is the same sort of emotion that you feel about life where it's like happy and sad at the same time Casey Musgrave said it best Raymond's just the most mature man in the entire world right (laughs) crying in a cellist like not playing stickball with his friends like bringing old ladies to hear cellist but I think just like life ultimately the cello is a little bit more beautiful than it is sad because you go and you sit and you listen to a cello and you love it and you're not like sobbing depression tears it's like Tears of relief, yeah. almost. Yeah, that's what they, Mrs. G said. Tears are better out than in. I know that was one of the qu- things that I qu- had quoted. Like oh. the only thing worse than tears shed are tears that yes. are unshed. Um, yeah. And I'm doing a great percent. job there. <laughs> oh wow, you, Mrs. G, would just think, she would love me. She would, she would think you. that I'm just. You should so go to Central Park and listen to the cello. Emotive. She would think that. I was just laughing at the fact that Dana used the example of stickball. <laughs> oh, what did like, you say? What Instead of playing stickball with his friends, like, he's listening like to the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, sports. he like is a 1920s. Like, yeah, like energy. Just he's just an- so absurd that that was your <laughs> example. Wait, was like, soccer. Yeah, I mean it was modern, but he's an old soul for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. But Dana's not like <laughs> no. until this moment. Maybe stickball. Dana is a 90s <laughs> in the junkyard. Soul. I'm like honestly picturing Hey Arnold like in that lot that they used to play in yeah that's it that is when we would watch hear about stickball okay next segment redhead questions um for in a first for the redheads we did not receive one question about this book because and there's not much to ask there's a lot to ask however this i mean here's the thing a lot of false starts a lot okay? of the redheads <laughs> like i saw a lot of comments and stuff and people really loved this book i guess i don't think the book leaves much f- up for discussion like it ties everything up yeah. in a neat bow like you're feeling good and i'm not like so so i mean i'm surprised there wasn't one but <laughs> there wasn't and so and i think that just says something about the book so that's why i even am mentioning it i mention it all mention it all i'm actually extremely grateful that Mrs. G did not die in the end. I so really thought, she was thought it was to. going that way the whole time. I was yeah. waiting oh, for it. Why just moment is he going to walk in and see it and I, I have know. to like deal with those emotions? Yeah. I'm so glad. I just couldn't have dealt with it on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Well, in lieu of redhead questions, we are doing our Kindle highlights section because this book had so many quotable quotes and I want to know what stuck with you guys the most. Bex, let's start with you. What is one quote that you highlighted that just stuck with you I selected two so bear with me I very much appreciated Mrs. G's description of Luis Villas OG and what she said was he was my hero here the world is full of all these men trying to model what it means to be a man but they don't truly know they think it means to be tough, feel nothing, betray nothing. And then Luis comes along and decides that his definition of a man is someone who is not afraid to be kind. That takes courage, don't you think? That's nice. I just thought it felt very apropos. And that's so funny. Dana just said that it was her. <laughs> Dana's announcing to everyone. <laughs> I know. Dana, like, I can't you believe it. Like, you oh, my God. I know. The entire time I was reading I had it. another one, so I was going to pretend it wasn't. No, but the I entire time I was reading it, all I could tell was that you were just mouthing to everyone around us that it was your quote. I get it. That happened to me and Jackie as well. The redheads are on edge tonight. The girls have gone wild. <laughs> totally. Also, Wait. like, Dana, you could speak to the quote, too. Yeah, you could I, have I think different... it's telling that we both picked it because it yes, shows the power I of agree. it. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And that actually happened with me and Jackie when we read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. We selected the same quote. Yes. Um, I will say, like, in reading these quotes, and, and I, I love the quote itself, but, like, what was a little frustrating about the book is all of these conversations were, like, so quotable, like, perfectly yeah. written. You know, they didn't – they weren't written like like some people actually talk. That's my only issue. I agree with that. But I think, like, for the sake of the third graders, like, they didn't care about that. <laughs> they need to see that kind of, like, um, jargon. Yes. No, but I love that, right? Like, the idea of a man is not courage, or not afraid to be kind. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, too. Um, so should I... Um, Share your second one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no one else has gotten it, or Dana will blow, <laughs> blow up. I know, I, like, can't. I have to, like, block you out of my vision. 
Uh, the second quote that I selected was when Raymond had the outburst at his kitchen table and stormed to his room. His mom followed her, followed him. Sorry, Dana's distracting. <laughs> I did not have this. Um, and he, uh, his mom said to him, we don't mean to make you feel like you don't belong here. And Raymond said, the point is not whether you mean to make me feel that way. The point is not even whether you make me feel that way. The point is that it's true. And that resonated with me in so many ways because sometimes you can't even explain why you're upset or why you think something is beautiful or why you think something's tragic. You feel that way. And people need to take your feelings seriously when that happens. And just because they don't see it that way or just because it's not black and white or so cookie cutter doesn't mean that it's not authentically how you are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we need to be reminded of that because you can be upset and... It might not make sense to everyone else, but the fact that you're upset should be enough that people take you seriously. Mm -hmm. Yes, and especially when it comes from someone who does not often voice their feelings, mm -hmm. you know? Even more so, absolutely. Yeah. So when it's Raymond, it's like, listen up, folks. Yep. You hurt a precious angel. Absolutely. Fix it. Agreed. Fix what you did. Dana, now would you like to share your other quote? <laughs> yes. Um, my other quote was, people gripe about getting older, their aches and pains, how much harder everything is, as if they had forgotten that the alternative is dying young. Ooh, and I, so I just true. like I that because, that like, it is so easy to complain as you get older, not even just about physical ailments, but life in general. And you take for granted that you made it to that ripe old age. So yeah. I, I liked that quote. I really, really like that. It stuck with me then, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because it's a goodie. Yeah, that is a great one. Um, the quote that I have is about when, um, I think when Raymond's talking to Mrs. G about how he feels sort of alone and not understanding some things about himself because he doesn't like girls or boys. And she said, I think, but I can tell you this as a human being who's had a lot of experience being one. If you're feeling something, other people in other places are feeling it too. Yeah. It's I never like just us. I remembered liking that and I'm glad you surfaced it. I just yeah. feel like it's a nice comforting thing because I feel like so much of feeling down is also feeling lonely, yeah. but just to be comforted in the fact that... You're not alone. You're not alone in the way that you're feeling. Someone somewhere feels the same way that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it feels very pertinent right now. Like We sometimes can escape the fact that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and we still are feeling a lot of ways about it. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes get... I can be hard on myself for sure when I'm having a hard day, but I'm like... I'm sure the people around me are also suffering a little and like I can talk to someone about it and they'll express that they're feeling sort of similarly, but Raymond isn't as good at voicing his opinion out loud. So I hope he carries that with him wherever he mm -hmm. goes. Yeah. Yeah. My quote was pretty obvious that I would choose it. It was when um, Mrs. G took the cat and she said, quote, that's a lovely thing about having an animal. You might not want to get up for your own sake, but you will bring yourself to do it for them. And that is just how I feel about Magnolia every day. So it really spoke to me. Wow. I think that's really nice. Also, I had another quote that she didn't mean about animals, but it's making me, um, now that I just got a pup, it's making me think of getting a puppy because she talks about having a family and how she didn't have children. But she said, when you decide to be alone or have a family, you're pretty much choosing between feeling lonely or feeling aggravated. And I feel like that's how I feel right now, like having a puppy. It's like, it's aggravating a lot of the time. Like it's a lot of work, but like, you're not alone. You're not alone. So it's it's it was just like a funny way to sum up like yeah. the two feelings. Mrs. G. Mrs. G. Dropping lines. The OG Mrs. G. <laughs> also something that I wanted to talk about quickly because it was the theme in another book that I read this month, which we'll get to, but I read The Meaning of Mariah Carey and she talks about growing up being biracial and that was something that came up a number of times in this book how Raymond is biracial and Mrs. G is half Jewish mm -hmm. and sort of this feeling of not belonging and I think in a lot of ways Raymond didn't feel like he fit in with his family and, and, and with people at school and it was just a theme that kind of permeated my month of reading especially in reading Mariah Carey's book, which I don't know if anyone else did, but it was so amazing. And she talks a lot about like the racism that she dealt with growing up. And as a biracial girl, it was just, I found that the themes between the two books, like really they had me thinking of one another. Mm -hmm. And I like when I am able to like yeah. compare. I like that. I, I do think it was so interesting. The point that was brought up about when you are a blend of races or religions, you're 
sort of held against the more persecuted. Yes. I think Mrs. G said you're always judged by your more controversial half. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that hit home because I feel like that so many people have to grapple with that every single day and it's deeply unfair. Yeah. No, that stuck with me also. Okay, now it is time for the Hollywood treatment. Um, We are casting Raymond and Mrs. G because they were our two main characters. Let's start with Raymond. I'll go first. I had Niles Fitch. He was in This Is Us. He is the age of Raymond, 19 years old, and he is tall. And I think that he would be a great Raymond. I fully agree with you. Thank you. Who do you have? I had Jaden Smith. Oh, that's a good good one. one. Thank you so much. I agree. Uh, it just felt right. He's tall, and I feel like he would portray our Raymond with the utmost success. Love that. Dana? I had Rico Rodriguez, who is Manny from Modern Family. I literally only watch Modern <laughs> Family, so those are I kind of like that. Characters. I kind of like that, too. <laughs> but I, I just saw it, because Manny's also an old soul. A hundred percent. Yeah, he is. You know what? And like, gentle. One of my favorite castings you've yes. ever <laughs> Snitch? Mine was Jeremy Pope. He was in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. I just, like, was imagining him the whole time, and I feel like he would really do the part. That's that good. Was Love nice. that. Mrs. G, I had Helen Mirren because she is a classy old lady. Just I like, Helen Mirren. Just like too. the G herself. <laughs> and I think she would bring so much life to our favorite G. Okay, so I had someone who sadly passed away. Do you guys remember in Patch Adams, the old woman who, like, swam in the pool of noodles? I mean, no, <laughs> she was Patch Adams. Oh, my God. Robin Williams. There's a generational so gap on I know. Show. Truly. Sorry. She was also in um, The Wedding Singer, Adam Sandler. Ever heard of it? Yes, I have. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's iconic. I, for, I, I don't have her name because, like, I thought that I shouldn't select a dead woman. So <laughs> I chose Betty White. Oh, okay. I thought of her too, but like she's so funny I know. and like Mrs. G is so serious, but I mean, I feel like she could do anything. Yeah, I think so too. Dana? I had Bonnie Bedded. Bedadelia. She was um, the grandma in Parenthood, Millie Braverman. Her name was also Millie, so that's probably just oh, why I chose it. But, like, she's also an OG grandma, so. Okay, I like that. Good job, Dana. Yes. Stepping it up. Truly. Okay, now it is time. That is our full recap of Have You Seen Luis Velez by Catherine Ryan Hyde, and it is time for our overall Redheads rating. Let's start with Bex. Out of a five, what did you rate this book? I rated this book a four. I rated this book a four. Snitch, don't give me that look, because I rated this book a four. Hey. <laughs> Dana? 3.9. Okay. You're, we got to talk about your rating system one day because it's like so like. I need to just remember my ratings for everything. Redo them and I, then use them I as feel a that way. I you I know what? We're going to do an end of year yeah. roundup of all the books that we read this year for Redheads, what we read on our own, and we're going to come up with, and we're, we might re-rate Because it's the all books. relative. And, so like, yeah, and like no, sometimes. No, I think you just want like the books that you've selected. No, but sometimes the way that a book ages with you, like I don't know what I rated Nothing to See Here. But I hope I gave it a big fat rating. Yeah. I think you did. I think I think we all gave it that one. But it was so new that we didn't know what was to come after. Like yeah. I agree that and a I feel like rating I maybe necessary. gave in five years like too much. Yeah, we definitely gave in five years too much. Oh, but yeah. I really did like that book. But yeah, like I yeah, literally, I, that book, I liked Before but, We Were Strangers. Um, that more. one really just like I still think about. Yeah. Did you guys hear that Before We Were Strangers is being made into, into a, a movie? movie. Wait, oh, those no. two books are the same for me. In five years is when she no. has the premonition. Yes. 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 And before we were strangers. NYU. Like NYU. And, oh, yeah. yeah Connection. Same books. Yes. <laughs> no, I liked before we were strangers. Really, it was really yeah, good. No, that, but, like, good. I don't remember what I rated Codename Helene, but that's a book that I've, like, thought about so many times. Oh, really? Since. Oh, I haven't. That's interesting. But, like, and I don't know what I rated Glass Hotel, but, like, I need to lower <gasps> oh, it. Oh, my God. I, that book was I love that. But I actually don't know what I rated My Dark Vanessa, but I like that I love one. that. Yeah, no, that I... That might have been my favorite. I that think that might have been the best book that we read this year in terms of, like, objective book mm-hmm. and the best episode that we did. Yeah, we had but a good discussion. We, let's save this for the December yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Snitch, what would you rate this book? I would give this one a big, fat, whopping two. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give this book a three. Okay, our overall Redheads rating for this book Magalia's is... waiting with bated breath. A 3.2. All right, I feel like that's accurate. Okay, I feel like I'm that's okay fair. That. Okay. Yeah. Redheads, let us know what you rate this book on our Instagram and the Facebook page, wherever you can find us. We love hearing your thoughts about the book. Now, before we let you know what other books we read this month, if you are looking for great books to read, might we suggest Book of the Month? 
Book of the Month is a super popular and fast-growing online book service for readers. Their mission is to promote new and emerging authors and help readers discover books they love. Their team vets hundreds of books each month and gives readers their choice from a curated selection of new and early release titles so you can spend more time reading and less time researching. Book of the Month is risk-free. You can skip any month, any time, and you will not be charged. Book of the Month is a perfect way to stay entertained and socially distant, which is why since March, thousands of Americans have signed up for the service. Plus, they have the best price for new release fiction. Start today and get your first book for just $9.99 with code BOOKCLUB. I get one book of the month book each month and it is always I always choose something that's a little different than what I would normally choose because I trust that the book of the month curators are going to hit it out of the park and they always do. So head over to book of the month and use code book club to get your first book for just $9.99. For this month I chose Pretty Little Wife by Darby Kane and I'm so excited to read it and let you guys know about it. Now it is time for the other books we read this month, a segment that has become increasingly popular. And even though I only read three books because my eight for last month had to take a chill pill. <laughs> I'll go first. I read Ask Again Yes, which both of you recommend to me. Yes. Um, by Mary Beth Keene. I absolutely loved it. Good. It wasn't a book I would have ever chosen for myself. If you had told me what it was about, I would have said no thank you. But I loved it so much. Five. Like, really, I yes. felt like better for having read it I felt smart while I was reading it I didn't want to turn on my tv I was just like in it I actually finished it right before Yom Kippur and I was like fuck I wish I was reading this (laughs) Yom Kippur it's so good and guess what it's a coming of age story it is okay fine but it's like a long it's It's a really long time it's the best book I've read all year yeah it's so so wow amazing Okay, then I read Troubles in Paradise by Ellen Hildebrand, the third of her three-part Winter in Paradise series. Um, Just like the other two books, I didn't really love it, but because I had read them, I read the third, and so I gave it a three. I just, I didn't like any of the characters, like, they were so basic. The girl who everyone's fighting over is just, like, such a nothing, and just because she's pretty, like, I'm sorry, I need a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then I read The Meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey, and... It was exceptional. Dane, I think you would love it because I think you would love her story and the way it's written is like just A+. I do like her. She has one of my favorite lyrics of, got you all fired up with your Napoleon complex. So (laughs) why was that so high? That's what she sounds like. Oh my god! Oh, really? I, I, like, I feel so bad for like our ratings are going to go down. Our listeners are walking out. They're on strike after what you just did to their ears. That was a crazy pitch that like I've never heard come out of your mouth. Oh my god! Well, I gave oh. that book a five. It's not usually like what I read, but I'm happy to expand my repertoire. I really, do. I, think I really good, think you would like it. Yeah, hearing the story of like her childhood was just like there's so much trauma, <laughs> which makes what she's accomplished even more impressive, and it's already so impressive. But she has just like been through so much she's a a fighter she's a survivor even in the early years of her career like what she went through with her first husband Tommy Mottola like is perhaps on par with some of the worst things that she went through before she was famous so it was just really an interesting read and you will have a lot of respect for her if you didn't already okay I will take that under consideration what did you read Dana I had a pretty good month. Um, I read Cutting for Stone by Abraham Berghese. It's a really old book. It's from like 2009 and it's 700 pages. So I would not suggest it lightly because it took forever, but it was incredible. I rated it a 4.7, one of the best books I've ever read. Like truly so, so good. It's just, it's a journey. Um, I read I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Lan Reed. I rated that a 3.8. It was also phenomenal. It's like a psychological twisting book. It was phenomenal, but you gave it a 3.8. Yeah, I'm telling you, Dana's ratings, it's like this book was a masterpiece, 2.1. 80% of it was phenomenal, and then the last part of it gets really wonky, and you're like in the supernatural, magical realism realm, which I'm not totally down for, but like the rest of the book was so good that I'll say phenomenal. And then I read The Girls by Emma Klein. Um, That was pretty good, too. I think you would like it. It's kind of like the Manson Murders, like, culty book. It was good. I rated that a 3.9. 
Um, and then I read Anxious People by Frederick Backman, which I hated. I started that book. And oh I my god, hated it! I gave it a one, and Go I know it's off. popular right it's now. It's so popular. If if we hadn't read it, yeah. we would probably be choosing it next month. Yes. That's how it's everywhere. I I just couldn't get through it. Like it made me anxious, so it was titled properly because every single line is like someone stressing the hell out. It's basically about like this group that gets held hostage, but it's not even like a real hostage situation. It was an accidental hostage situation. And it was just truly awful. And I was very disappointed because I read his other book, um, A Man Called Ave, which I absolutely loved. Like yeah, one of the good. best books. So I'm just very, very confused. I wouldn't go off solely my opinion because a lot of people liked it. So like I could just be in the minority, but I, I truly hated it. <laughs> I started to read it on Yom Kippur. I was like, this book will get me like through the holiday. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't read more than 30 pages. Like, I don't want to trigger you, but I'm about to say something. How's treats? <laughs> No, no, no. Like, you don't understand. The first few pages of this book were absolute torture. I can't believe it's It only got worse. So it's everywhere. I'm so shocked. And so I'm sure people I'm sure people have read it and liked it, and I'm sure people like it was on their list. But if you if you are a Dana or a Jackie, I don't think you're I don't think you're gonna like it. But you should read a man called Avi, because that was great. This book awful. Okay. Great. Bex. Ladies, this month I <laughs> didn't read. <laughs> Me and Ritter, I was on the same page for this part. I carved a pumpkin that took up some time. I'm not even kidding. That's beautiful. Thank you. Like that's Rick, super creative. That's beautiful. I let out my artistic feelings instead of reading another book. Okay. Great. No, we don't judge here. As long as you read you the one book. You guys read enough for me and Snitch, so. Yeah, like, you guys got us covered. I'm pitching tomorrow. As long as you read the one book. So, Snitch, that's a no from you, yeah? Yeah, 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 no. Sweet. <laughs> okay. I'm like, there's so many books I'm really, like, wanting to read. I just, you know. I actually just wait for Dana's selection of books during this uh section for me to choose my next book oh so what so you're gonna read anxious people (laughs) (laughs) i mean after that review how can i not i can't believe you gave it a one like that is so hard i can't believe i finished it honestly i like really was upset you're really not supposed to finish books that you like i should not yeah like that's what like psychologically they recommend putting them down oh that's so interesting i get a genuinely but it's also like a mystery so i did want to know what happened but but it's so crazy like so many people i know are like no i have to finish it i'm like why are you doing that to yourself it's actually a form of harm but you would do that to yourself when i'm reading on a kindle i feel that way if i have the physical book i don't feel like i need to finish it and i had the book for anxious people and but when i read on my kindle like not seeing it marked as read like yeah and then i also don't want to read it because it's like what am i hiding from myself yeah Yeah, what if one day i have nothing to read and i'm stranded and this is the only book that i haven't read like i wouldn't delete it per se but like i would but it's it's gawking at you yeah it is it's so read a few extra books so that it pushes it down (laughs) that's a good that's what i'll do yeah. Their solution. But then when people friends. ask for book recs and you go through your list and you're like, oh, oh, here's this one that I didn't read. Yeah, no, I understand. You're definitely too anal for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible book, don't read it. Okay, well, speaking of Danish choices, next month is Danish choice. And you know what? I think out of all of us, she has the best track record. Thank you, Jackie. So I'm actually That's... really excited for the book that you're choosing. Lay it on us. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and I honestly didn't do much research on it because I don't like knowing everything about a book. But I chose. I feel bad. Invisible Life by Addie LaRue. It actually came through from a um, redhead. Isn't it The Invisible Life of Addie uh, LaRue? Yes. <laughs> she's not the author. That's hilarious. Yes. I wrote it down that way. I know. I just told someone The Invisible Life by Addie LaRue, and then I was like, oh, halt. Oh, yeah. my bad. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah by V.E. Schwab. In The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Yeah. <laughs> Well done. Um, Say that three times fast. You had one job. job. (laughs) This book is like looks really good, and it's been on the New York Times bestseller list for a few weeks. And it's recently published. Like I wanted to go back into the more modern times that we're living in, and I mean, this one was also pretty modern, but like getting on board with what's popular right now. And shout out to redheader Rachel Blades because she tagged me in a redhead post that I needed to read it. So I'm listening. I saw that too. And so I like looked at, I, I don't know, I looked it up and then I saw it. I was looking at the New York Times bestseller and I was like, oh, okay, I've seen it now like three yep. times. This is something that is here to stay. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I'm excited. Sounds hey, better than this one. Oh, let us know how you really feel. I, I'm pretty sure I hope it is. <laughs> um, next episode drops December 3rd, first Thursday of December. Wow, I can't believe. That's oh my disgusting. God. That actually just like, made me want to vomit. <laughs> I know. That's Last really bad. Last of the year. 
That's last of the year, and then... Um, 2020's over, thank God. <laughs> so, I can't with you were like, oh my God, I can't yeah, wait for 2021, no. like as though anything's going to change. What about the <laughs> January 1st? Yeah. No, what about the... I can't believe we got one extra hour of 2020, <laughs> I as can't. if we need it We always get an time. extra hour of <laughs> yeah. every year. At least it wasn't a leap year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I'm excited to read this book, to talk about it with you interesting ladies, you so, really think so? Yeah, it's always a good time, it and really I hope I'm, I, I, think I love we, it. We need a good book. It's it's, it's been time. It's you been guys, forced. this was a good book until it took us 15 tries to record this episode, it had and nothing we have, to do I with pent that. up resentment. Yes, no, I no, agree. I finished it. it being like, what "Oh, this was book? tender," and then a crane fell, Unraveling. and I was like, "Fuck this book." <laughs> Unraveling. Uh, was, it was fine. Like it wasn't. Did you pick it? No, I didn't. It was good. It was enjoyable. I liked it. Gloss. It was cute. Oh yeah, it was. None of the books that we've picked have been bad. Yeah. But none of them have been bad. Okay, wait, you guys. So great. What do you think is the worst book that we've chosen? Oh, I feel like this is a December. Oh, you know what I think? I know. Red, white, and blue. Dark times, guys. Yeah. No, we will do a whole thing on December. Our, our favorite redhead books, the best books that we each individually read this year, and we'll put together a nice list for you guys. So thank you guys for being redheads. Thank you for listening to this messy fucking episode where we just talked all over each other and had a laugh. So we will see you next month. Make sure to follow the redheads on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, the Redheads Book Club. Love ya. Bye. 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 Bye.